This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorgas coming out at this time with another study from God's Word. And we've been bringing you uh, news and notes about, uh, well, information about the Antichrist, the soon coming, or the coming. And we're coming down pretty close to the end of the series. But we're going to be looking at the, uh, the doom of the Antichrist. That's right, the doom of the Antichrist. One day, one perhaps... All his, he will come to an end. But let's look. The Antichrist will head the political world powers. Can't you see the merging of the political world, the economic world, the social world, the religious world, all one what I call conglomeration? But the Antichrist will head the political world powers by his shrewdness, by his wisdom, by his power and authority. He will bring the world under his feet. In the midst of his uh, world rule as a religious and political leader, he will be slain in battle with the sword or be assassinated, according to Revelation 13.3. Listen, and I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, Revelation 13.14 said, which had the wounds by the sword. So in the midst of his reign, he will be killed with the sword. But... To the amazement and no doubt to the surprise of every saint and to, to see the glad surprise as of the vast population of the world, he will be raised from the dead, according to Revelation 13.3. And his deadly wound was healed, Revelation 13.13, 13, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now, if this means anything in the world... It means that he will be killed or assassinated, and then he will be raised from the dead. To be the Antichrist imitating the Lord Jesus Christ, he will have to be killed, be buried, rise again the third day. This will happen right at the height of his popularity and his power over the world. When he is raised from the dead, the scriptures say, the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they, listen, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Revelation 13, 3 and 4. They will accept him as God, and when they do, he will set himself up in the temple at Jerusalem as God. Now, my friend, you say, oh, that wasn't, listen, folks, this is God's word I'm bringing you. God's word. Go there and read Revelation 13, 3 and 4. They will accept him as God, and when they do, he will set himself up in the temple at Jerusalem as God. This is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. Now you read the second chapter of 2 Thessalonians. He will, he will set himself up as God. He will make war with the saints and overcome them, put them to death. He will bring the whole world at his feet, except God's elect. He will deceive them and keep them deceived, according to Revelation 13, 14. And that means, and listen, by the means of those miracles which he has power to do. Remember, friends, that the Antichrist will receive all power of Satan and his authority. Satan today is trying to make the world religious without Christ by his program of decisionism 
Easy Believingism, by his faith healing program, cloth factories, and the perversion of the gospel. Satan, through the religious leaders, is deceiving the world today except for God's elect. Now, listen, work up, perk up your ears and listen. You get this. Born-again believers or God's elect are not being deceived by the religious world. In the average religious movement of today, individual converts are not getting to the Lord. Now, you let that soak in. They're not being born again. They're not being made new creatures in Christ Jesus. No. No, now you listen, my friend. Listen now. I don't care. Listen, if I do stand alone, this ministry here, Radio Mission, with all of its outreach and radio programs and, and those things, we, we stand basically alone. I, I, I'll just tell you this. When we moved here from New Orleans after Katrina, built a new chapel and new building here, it is customary in almost every instance. New church moves into the community and opens up a new building, a new place, and preaches the gospel. It's customary that, that, the, that the local pastors and local men of God will come and welcome, welcome those folks. We've been here a long time now. We ain't never, we have never had one to come here and say, Pastor Pendarvis, we're so happy to have you. No, you know why? Because they treat us as like a, like a red-headed stepchild. I told somebody that one day. They thought that was so funny, to be treated like a red-headed stepchild. And listen, listen, I don't care if we do stand alone. Every one of God's ambassadors, God's elect, are crying out against the empty religious professions of today that is camouflaged under the guise of decision for Christ and so on. Now, let me ask you this question. I like to ask questions, don't you? Oh, listen, I'll tell you this little story. I had a man write me a long letter, and he said, uh, I'm over there in Alabama somewhere, we have a program here we call it Voice of Truth, Pastor Sheldon's preaching. He said, uh, since you're the voice of truth, I want to ask you a question. He said, I have a, a BA and an MA, and, a, and I have a, a college education and a PhD pending. And I want to ask you this question, Trailblazer. Since you're the voice of truth, you could smell the sarcasm in it. He said, who was Cain's wife? You ask me, I'm asking you, Pastor, Trailblazer, who was Cain's wife? Since you're the voice of truth. So I said, well, to myself, I don't usually answer those kind of letters, but I felt led to answer this fella. I said, sir, you don't know me, and I don't know you. I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace, not, not a very smart person, but I know the answer to your question. St. Cain's wife was his sister. There were no other women on the earth at that time. And I said, you know, my dad taught me that a fool could ask a question that a smart man couldn't answer. But I could answer your question. Cain's wife was his sister. And I don't have a Ph.D. printing. A little sarcasm on my part. But uh, my friend, listen, listen, listen now. Let me say again. The converts under the present-day religious movement are not getting to the Lord. You want to jump up and say, oh, you're judging. You're judging. I'm not judging, brother. Doesn't a child jump? Doesn't a child know the difference between a dead dog and a live dog? When a, when a doctor diagnoses a case, do you say he's judging? No, I'm not judging. By their fruits you shall know them, the Scriptures say. They're not being born again. They're not being under being uh, made new creatures in Christ. Let me give you my philosophy here, my favorite scripture. 
I guess you could call it that. Second Corinthians 5.17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Now, are you a new creature? I need to stop here and ask you. Are you a new creature? Is all the old things passed away? Old yellow dog in the backyard. No, when you get saved, my friend, there'll be a difference in you. It will. It will. You say, how so? Well, old yellow dog, old, old blue or whatever you call him, old rock. We had an old dog named Rock. And he'd be laying on the back steps there, and you'd go outside, and you'd step on his tail, and he'd jump up and maybe growl at you a little bit. And you'd give him a kick in the rump and cuss at him maybe. But when the Lord saves you, that same old dog will be laying on them steps, and you 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 stop there and give him a pat on the head and say, Come on, Blue. Come on, Rock. Let's go out in the back. Maybe we'll scare up a possum or something. You know, there's a new creature, my friend. Even the dog knows when you get saved. Listen, listen. A child knows when a, the difference in a dead dog and a live dog. By his fruits you shall know them. They're not being born again. They're not being made new creatures in Christ. No, regardless of what you may say or what you may think. I'm just an old fool, my friend, crying aloud and sparing not, according to Isaiah 58.1. There's scarcely any Holy Spirit conviction in the present religious movement. I've had folks call me on regular, regularly, every now and then, regularly, and they say, Pastor Pendarvis, the old trailblazer, what, what do you mean by Holy Spirit conviction? Those folks are honest. They say, well, what is Holy Spirit conviction? You call yourself an awakening ministry. What do you mean by that? Well, let me just stop for a moment and tell you. When the Lord gets ready to save a sinner, the Holy Spirit comes there, digs around that heart, probes that heart, tests that heart to see, sends the Holy Spirit there to shine the light of the gospel there, the light of the glorious gospel. There's another instance that I use. You go out here in the country, especially up there in Tennessee and in uh all those old tobacco barns have been shut up for years. Doors are nailed up and the windows are all nailed up. And a young couple comes along, buys that place, gets start cleaning up around there, gets some men out there to clean up that old barn. The first day they open up all them windows and doors and let the light shine in, a bright, shiny morning. <clears throat> what do you see? You see the roaches and the snakes and the scorpions and maybe an old opossum or two go to scampering for the darkness. They love darkness. Because their deeds are evil. Same way with men. When that light of the gospel shines in, a sinner begins to see. If it ever does, if that light ever shines in there, it don't happen to everybody. If that light shines in there, you begin to see your total depravity. Oh, my friend, the lordship of Jesus Christ is the lost doctrine of the present-day church and the testimony of the early church concerning the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and Savior is absent from our present-day worship. Brother, sister, you go to the average church this morning and put on a testimony meeting. If you get two or three testimonies out of a large audience, you'll be doing good. And as a rule, they're not talking about the person and work of Christ. No, they're thanking God for answering their prayer. Or all those for, they're thanking God for a good health. And that's great, that's fine. They're thanking God for healing them. That's great. They're thanking God for this and for that. You won't find an audience anywhere, hardly anywhere, where folks will stand up and give a testimony of saving grace and tell how God saved them. Someone said the other day, Pastor, 
You don't know you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're against. Practically everybody. Listen, I said, I don't know whether I am or not, but I'm taking my stand upon the Lord God of heaven and Lordship of Christ. If that means I'm to stand alone on the word, well, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Then I'm against everybody. And if that's so, then that means that nearly everybody is against the word of God. Now, I'm going to let you make your own decision on that. You're coming to the close of this, this service this time, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another service. Our Friday is our last day. We let old Dan go in the barn and get some fresh hay. But we'll be back tomorrow. This is the old trailblazer, Pastor Albert Pendarvis, pastor here at Radio Mission. I forget to mention that oftentimes. We pastor here at Radio Mission where the First Baptist Church of Algiers. We moved here from New Orleans, was Algiers in New Orleans. And Pastor Shelton was a founder and a preacher here for 50 years or so and started all these broadcasts and started this little old broadcast, the trailblazer. But I've been here quite a while now, picking up where he left off when the Lord called him home. And I, I wish you would call me and let me hear from him. Let me know that you're listening. Tell me the station that you're listening to. And then go there to our website, radiomission.org, and look up our Radio Missions Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can hear classic messages by Pastor Shelton, by myself, by the old, by some of the brethren here that helped me, and other old divines sometimes and then great recorded music by our choir that was in place there in New Orleans, and other choir, other gracious choir. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can find that schedule there on our website, radiomissions.org. And then call me, write me, let me hear from you my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my phone number here, area code 225-664-8658. I'll be just looking for a letter. Pastor Shelton used to say, well, this is picture month. This is picture week. Somebody asked, what you talking about, Pastor? Picture month. Well, picture of Washington and Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton. You know what I'm talking about. Just being facetious a little bit. But send me send me a gracious check. Dig that old coffee can up in the backyard. Get that $100 bill out of it. Send it to me before the termites get to it. And remember, I'll be here tomorrow at the same time. Close out the week on Friday today, the next to the last day of the week. Goodbye and God bless you.